Welcome to the Culture of Kindness podcast. Have you wondered about the direction the world is going? Wondered if you and the rest of the world are connecting in a healthy way? I can see it in others, and now I've changed the lens through which I see the world, and to be kind is the only possible result. Because you, you don't have the language of talking, it's kind of almost a language of kindness. In this podcast, we discuss everything from what makes a brilliant leader to where is the world going on our current trajectory and how can we make a culture of kindness and do we actually need to or are we doing all right just as we are? It's roughly 2,000 years since some bloke got nailed to a tree for suggesting that we should all be a little bit nicer to each other. And I fear that over the last 2,000 years we haven't moved on very far from that. Inherently, humans are very badly flawed. And there, there is... I, Nahala Summers, became obsessed about the power of kindness after it was the kindness of a stranger that changed my life. So now I am lucky enough to talk to the most eclectic mix of people, probably on any podcast. Come inside and subscribe. It will open your mind and world up to the best examples of living life wholeheartedly. You look on the Facebook, even when you look in the comments on BBC, everyone goes, oh, I hate bullies. But then that's like saying, I hate water. You know, bullies have come from somewhere. And what was going to tap on my shoulder from somewhere that said, you cannot just do an act of kindness in a day and that be good enough. Before we go to the full episode, I just wanted to jump in and let you know that the Culture of Kindness Leadership book is available right now on Amazon. It's getting brilliant reviews because it is a practical support for any leader organisation looking to make a more successful workplace. And who doesn't love that? To find out more about what we offer, go to www.aculturaofkindness.co.uk. Thanks so much for listening, folks, and supporting this podcast. And if you love it, please do share it with your networks. Welcome, Kaz, to A Culture of Kindness. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest and sharing your story. No problem. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Yeah. um, So my name is Kaz Morohashi. I'm a Japanese-American artist and designer. um, And my, my main interest is in designing spaces where we could learn about each other, create new conversations. And it sounds like a pretty wafty kind of area to work in, but it it draws on different design disciplines, such as product design, space design, um, user interaction design. So by drawing all those together, I produce a, a project or a system where we can open up conversations between strangers. Is mm. that amazing? <laughs> so have you you've always been doing that that's always been your life is it actually no I um I started off um well I did education uh primary school teaching um education in under under um as an undergrad and mm. then I took up interest in Japanese art so I trained as a 
Japanese art historian, um, got a job, but then later discovered that I wasn't very good at remembering names and dates. So that was detrimental. <laughs> um, but I was really, really, I always like to illustrate. I always like to create stories. Um, I wanted to be an illustrator. And uh, I, around five years ago, I um, started to change the course of my career uh, working within the area of creative industry. Um, so I went back to school, did an MA in communication design, and currently I'm uh, a PhD student at the Norwich University of the Arts working in museum learning design. Wow, amazing. Yeah. So the, how, we've, how we've met is yes. um, you've set up this amazing um, museum of kindness. Um, do, do you want to share something about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we have a project called Museum of Human Kindness, and this is really about uh, collecting stories from people on their experience of receiving acts of kindness from complete strangers so that you know it's, it's something where there's an element of great surprise and joy um, and then we then brought in a group of artists to each choose a story that they feel a particular connection with and produce a visual piece of work and uh, as a pop-up exhibition um, we presented both the stories and the art side by side and the idea was to really create a space where intangible uh, acts of kindness are made into tangible exhibits and mm. uh, and through that try to ask the question you know could we could kindness be learned could kindness be um, translated into various different formats including uh, changing the way we, we modify our behavior and what came out from that I think, well, certainly it was experimental. Um, this was mm. our first uh, pop-up exhibition, but the response has been really, really positive. Um, we held a couple of different discussion groups, and, um, and the first thing that usually came out was how people were almost surprised to realize that we've come to the state in the world as an adult. We grow up thinking, oh, you know, we want to be kind, but we don't want to impose. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to reach out because there's an element of risk of maybe just overbearing somebody with pressure that, you know, you're trying to do good and, and so forth. So we stop being um, gentle with ourselves. We stop being very uh, generous with our behaviors. And um, mm. that's one thing that people were commenting that, gosh, you know, this is a great way to relearn that it's okay to reach out to people. Um, <laughs> it's okay to help out. And there's nothing that should really stop us. Um, so that was really inspiring to hear. Mm, amazing. Do do you believe that kindness can be learned? I think so. I certainly felt like it was really changing the way, you know, watching people come into the show. You could tell that some people, you know, that maybe as a couple or something, one might be very keen on the idea, the other slightly more skeptical. But actually, it's the uh, skeptics who come in that kind of, you, you can tell by the the body language and the facial gestures, you know, that they seem far more relaxed than when they first came in. Um, yeah. And, you know, th there are studies where uh, th they look at how behaviors can be modified through empathy building. Um, mm. So certainly through the stories and looking at the art 
and somehow that the two the combining the story and the art it creates this this really nice space where you just have like a visual hook to remember the story you kind of have an anchor to remember how you felt when you read about somebody else's experience and thinking mm -hmm. huh okay yeah so it's a powerful combination we felt and um i did ask well should should we just have a an exhibition where it's just stories you know um mm -hmm. However, whether it's, it's in a frame or it's as an audio, but they said, no, there's something about the art that makes you just, just remember, just go back to that moment where your heart sort of opened up. So, yeah, mm. I, I, th I think there, it is something that people can learn. And most people spent maybe, you know, then this is typical of a small scale exhibition, but you know, they're spending maybe five, 10, 15, some people 20 minutes if they wanted to do the, other elements such as sharing their own story or um, we had interactive exhibits as well. Um, but if they're just br uh, br browsing through the exhibition, you know, it's, it's not a huge amount of time. It's not a, man a huge amount of resource necessary, um, but people were coming away feeling a bit more confident almost about themselves and that they mm. felt that they can somehow um, yeah, relate to other people in a gentler way, in a more mm. um, empathetic way. Mm, amazing. Can you share some of the stories that have developed from the museum and the pieces of work that you've done on those stories? Yeah. Um, when we started, we had a we have a website, so anybody can always um, contribute a story at any time from anywhere in the world with internet access. Um, and when we started, we had about maybe 24, 25 stories that were donated. And um, we all cho chose one that we particularly um, felt a strong affinity to. Um, some of them, so I chose a story which was about a monk dentist who fixed a a person's tooth that broke uh, while eating bread. But there was this very humorous atmosphere about it. Um, the, the, the man who broke the tooth um, felt mortified because it took the monk dentist two, three days to fix his tooth and it needed a, a root canal, everything. But the monk just laughed it off and said, you don't owe me anything. And, you know, and besides, you can't even afford it. And almost sort of poked fun at this man um, and he thought, well, yeah, just as well, because he's probably right, was his response when he closed the story. So, you know, it, it was just this wonderful exchange of intensive labor. But then the, the relationship between the two men were so humorous, so casual, so um, discrepant from the amount of work that took place uh, mm -hmm. in order to you know, rescue this man's tooth. So, mm -hmm. um so that was really interesting that, you know, even even grand act of kindness could be such a lighthearted affair. Uh, mm. We also had stories where one artist decided to choose um, a story about two women on a park bench. One was already there, very heavily pregnant, very apprehensive about becoming a new mom. And she herself didn't have a very good 
um, experience with her mother. So, so a lot of pressure on her shoulders. And this elderly lady came, sat down next to her, just started talking very casually and left after a while saying, oh, well, now I feel so much better. Thank you very much. And left, whereas the woman, the, the pregnant lady felt, gosh, you know, she really made my day so much better. I feel a lot better uh, just yeah. by talking to her. And and I think we can all empathize with that story. It's not something that might happen at a workplace or even at a park bench ourselves. But the artist chose it because she said, you know, I'm a little bit of a shy person. And um, somehow just reaching out to a stranger like that and just talking is something I feel a significant amount of risk. I'm not sure if I could do that. And therefore, through the making, I wanted to challenge myself why why is this story so strong and you know feeling so um almost so, so different from what I could do and I think she wanted to set herself a little bit of a challenge through creating something interpreting a story to in order to um strengthen herself as a human mm. and there's something about the power of 10 minutes I talk mm. about it often around just giving somebody 10 minutes of your time, sitting down, having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. It's extremely powerful because you don't know the story that's going on in that person's mind mm. about how they feel about themselves or what they're thinking or what they're going through. And 10 minutes having a conversation of kindness can really just make such a difference. I think um, so. And yeah, even at the lightest level, I mean, even in offices, you know, making a cup of tea and just having a little natter in the coffee room, it does change the frame of mind. I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. What is the most profound thing that you have learned through this journey? The most profound thing is I myself was surprised by the amount of generosity people um, gave to making sure that this exhibition happened. I mean, this this is an art project. We uh, talked about it, thought about it, and, you know, didn't know if we could pull it off. Uh, we had to raise um, around 4,000 pounds in order to pay for everything, including some towards contribution towards the artist and printing catalogs and so forth. So we were very, very um, apprehensive and thought maybe we're just going to have to dip into our savings just to get this project off the ground. And then and then once we have a case, then we could we could then do further fundraising. But um, so we did a crowdfunding campaign and it's just incredible the amount of support people gave us, um, both spiritually and financially. And and it, it is very, very humbling to think of something wanting to do it knowing that it's probably a very selfish you know self-centered uh reason for wanting to do it but then when people help and and start contributing and also with the artists too they were um putting their ideas forward or helping out making the posters and helping distribute them um spreading the news and creating new contact with local businesses so it's it's been a real team effort and um and it couldn't have happened without really the generosity of everybody around us do you um 
see that there is some kindness lacking currently. I mean, you've been embedded mm. into this world of kindness. Yeah. Uh, who's <laughs> setting up the Museum of Kindness. But do you see that we have some issues with it lacking in certain areas of society? I think, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because on one hand, it, it's, it feels like it's lacking. I mean, we started this project or we started thinking about the project because we were so exhausted listening to this very aggressive and polarizing um, way people were talking, especially politicians, unfortunately, we were talking in the media um, leading up to the e-referendum vote and also the uh, U.S. presidential campaign. So the, you know, the English language world all of a sudden plummeted into this new territory of very, very divisive language. And... Um, and so we thought, well, we want to, but then, you know, looking around us, it's just our everyday for most of us, you know, people are still generous to each other, still very considerate of each other. So we thought, well, why don't we do something to celebrate this and, you know, some, somehow create a counter movement against what seems to be the dominant narrative of tribalism. So, mm. um, so it's began with that, but, you know, on, on, and on one hand, I feel that, kind the the fact that kindness exists is because it's a value it's a virtue that we all share um mm. wherever we live or however old we are but at the same time the world is, is experiencing so many difficult challenges from environment to migration to you know immigration um to local poverty and homelessness and when those tensions become apparent um, I do feel that kindness is being selected, so to speak. I think we, mm. we are forced to choose, you know, whether to be kind or whether to take on a different perspective. Um, so while I'd like to think that a project like this will change things, change minds, I feel that the rate at which we're being confronted with social challenges will continue to be a, a, a big pressure so yeah I don't know whether it erodes kindness or whether we're actually sort of um putting kindness into into baskets different parts of our life baskets mm -hmm. and having to make a choice with that mm. yeah, but that's just my sure. very very um worst case scenario <laughs> 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 no it's good but we have the power we you know, really what you're saying or what I feel you're saying is um, that we make the choice, you know, through everything, mm. through everything that we read, through everything that we see in the world happening. It's up to us how we choose to react to that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and I think for that reason, you know, your podcasts and other uh, publications that look at, you know, our human conditions in the empathetic you know, our, our ability to empathize, ability to be compassionate and helpful towards others, they are what helps people realign themselves when they're confronted by these changes and when they want to, um, you know, walk a certain uh, uh, psychological path or behavioral path, then, you know, what you're providing is just a little bit of a guidance, a, a, a roadmap in order to, you know, not be sucked in by by the many other things that might be going around the world 
Yeah, I think it's interesting with kindness because you only need to share one small story of kindness. You only really need to say the word kindness. Mm. Um, or I'm trying to be kinder right now. And you say it to someone else and it triggers in their mind to, for them to go, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, and when you start a conversation on kindness, it just encourages people to be kinder. Yeah, you know, I, I was on the um, on the television for the challenge I was doing, and and I was talking about kindness for yeah. five minutes on there, and I had people stopping me in the street afterwards, sharing about what they had done because I'd shared a story about kindness. So it yeah. it is right what you say in terms of people make the choice we have the choice and um and when you know like the museum of human kindness when somebody sees that as soon as somebody sees that and I saw it in the in the paper Mm -hmm. um it um people are immediately struck by that and they just you know whether they consciously know it or or not Mm. they are kinder because of it it's a super interesting phenomenon I think yeah and and it's really amazing what um the word kindness sparks because i think you know we all live as a society as a as a social group so you know we're always reliant on other people whether how much we're conscious of it you know depends but we had um one couple who so we had an exhibition in norwich which is east of england we had a couple come all the way from Surrey, down south of England, uh, just to come and to share their story of um, their daughter being rescued by a stranger who gave her his kidney. <laughs> you know, wow. so and and um, and it it sounds we kind of hear uh, about organ donation and the importance of that, but as a, for a family, you know, they were faced with their daughter um, in a life or death situation um, and they thought without a kidney donor your daughter will die that Mm. was the fact that was their reality and somebody um, that she hardly knew said okay well I'll just go to the pharmacy um, and this is in Germany uh, pick up a kit uh, where they just prick their finger and check their uh, blood type and so forth Turns out that he was a good match and he just right there and then decided, well, I'm going to give you my kidney. That's it. And said, well, you could die during the operation. It's, you know, possibly I could die. There's no guarantee. And he said, well, no, you know, I've decided so that's what I'm going to do. And of course, the the for the parents to, you know, have their daughter living to this day because of one person deciding to go through with an act of kindness that he decided there and then. Um, and he, he apparently did text on the operation day saying, I'm really scared. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's just they're, they're incredibly appreciative. But just hearing these real life accounts, it does make you realize how small, big, you know, kindness is, is this life of its own. It's almost mm. um, there. There's a scale that can be everything and anything but that it can change lives yeah yeah absolutely how do you think I mean I guess we've kind of picked up on so much of this but Mm. what's let's let's talk about first of all the future of 
the Museum of Human Kindness because I'm keen that you're taking it on the road, that it's becoming a permanent thing, that the tape picks it up. You know, I I really That'd want be amazing, to, yeah. I, I want to <laughs> see it. You know, go big. Um, but what do you envisage? What's the next steps for you guys? Yeah, definitely. We'd like to take the project forward um, just because the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And we were seeing, you know, as artists, it's incredible to see people coming out as, you know, a modified, changed person. Um, so we want to do more exhibitions. Uh, so we're always, always looking for story contribution from people. We have a website, um, museumofkindness.org. And there's a, a button that says share story. So we're always actively collecting for people's stories. And, and, and again, it ranges from everything from, you know, um, uh, picking up a, key, a pair of keys that you dropped on the street to, yeah, a, a new kidney. <laughs> so um, it can range from any acts of kindness from strangers that people benefited from. We'd like to hear um, and then uh, we'd like to have more pop-up exhibitions so that we're constantly translating stories into art and being able to exhibit that. So in different cities, in different countries and also different contexts, because we're also um, beginning to see that maybe sometimes we sort of think kindness is just for I don't know, for us, I don't know, you know, somehow that it's for our group or something, but actually kindness just filters all levels of society. Um, and, you know, asking about, well, we had a story about a homeless man um, who was pretty much set on the road to recovery because one man decided to give him a few bit of uh, clothes and um, two nights stay in a hostel just so he can get cleaned up get rest, come to work, see how you are. And if you're any good, we'll keep you on. Um, so giving people chance and got him off the streets. Mm. So, you know, could we look at how we, how we view homelessness through stories of kindness so that we can actually have a conversation rather than, oh, no, there, you know, some people might say, oh, well, they're, they're there for because they were lazy or because of this, because that. There, there's so much blame being placed but actually we can't discuss kindness or homelessness or certain social issues because of these barriers we put up but through these mm. um, stories and art maybe we can begin to open up that space yeah. um, so that that would be amazing and yeah so it, it would be great to work um, with different institutions um, and and see how we can expand this idea hopefully hopefully it will <laughs> yeah 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 no absolutely and I was going to ask what what are the consequences and difference that you believe that the museum will make and and you've summarized that so well mm. it's starting a conversation on the challenges that we have around that and how kindness can ultimately change the world and uh, and how we can change some of the stigma behind some of the things that we aren't mm. um that we aren't kind towards you know because of we're we're busy doing other things and uh yeah and there's a fear there's always fear in kindness isn't there um you know fear of being kind and rejection and what we can do and you know it's interesting yeah. that you said it came out when you were talking to people yeah it's, it's a strange thing isn't it and you know and i think i think we of course, you know, sometimes your kindness might get 
knocked down. <laughs> you know, there is exactly. there is that real risk. I had a friend who opened up their house to a lady who was um, uh, very very intoxicated in the middle of the night, and her husband wouldn't let her back in the house, and so they felt pity on her and said, "Well, listen, you can use our couch for the night." Anyway, the next morning it was she wasn't there. The whole sofa was ruined and she had urinated all over it and you know and it was just oh no (laughs) just just gentle uh considerate thing to do as a human was was just kind of ruined (laughs) Um, so of course there are things like that and I think stories like that make you become very wary (laughs) of helping others but I'm because you you focus on that rather than all the great stories we focus on the one out of the hundreds yeah. um, of great stories and I think people fear fear kind of sharing positive stories they see it as oh I'm being boastful or mm. you know I don't want to share my own story but I'll share something that's happened to me it's a it's a very interesting psychology yeah that. yeah mm. and I think it, it was quite interesting that um giving and receiving if we change the conversation a little bit different responses come out um when we talked we had a discussion group about you know kindness and everybody focused on giving kindness and then I think yeah um it's it's altruism but is there a little bit of self-interest in it and you know it got very exciting um but then when we started to talk about receiving kindness it was a very different game and I think that helps people feel um, safe to share their experience because yeah. it's about receiving, you know, I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. And I'm just so grateful. Uh, and that's easier to share than, well, I did this. <laughs> and um, so but it's also interesting that um, young children, we're talking to young kids and um, I, it's it's kind of interesting to see how giving kindness was easier for them to comprehend and receiving <laughs> kindness <laughs> especially you know 12 year old boys nobody's nice to me <laughs> yeah. but um but then eventually you know they they do come come around and you know come up with the cutest story so one boy said um yeah basically one time I was going through this you know in a field and I saw an opening in the fence so I just walked through it and found out that I was trespassing through uh this old gent's garden and and he was there and he looked and he saw me coming in and I thought I was going to be told off and this and that but he just said oh you're probably going to the field next you know just be careful because there are barbed wires I used to play there and he said the man was so nice you know he just (laughs) he didn't he didn't tell me off I thought he was going to just like take me to my parents and frog march me and all this scenario (laughs) went to his head but you know, it's, it's just that even at, I think he was eleven. Just just appreciating the fact that um, he was aware, he felt mm. bad and guilty that he did something he didn't intend to, but mm. that you know the the man was very um, open minded about him being there, mm. and and in fact just said, just be careful because there's barbed wire there, and don't cut yourself, and even gave him advice. <laughs> so. Yeah. So cute, and and so again, it's it's just really about you know, um, it's it's not kindness isn't bound by age, culture, uh, where you live, who you're with, but it is a universal human value. Absolutely. 
so sad we have come to the end of the podcast. Um, I am so excited to see what happens with um, a Museum of Human Kindness. One final question. What does uh, a culture of kindness mean to you? To me, culture of kindness, it transcends who we say who we are, mm. I think. It, it's, a, it's almost like this vessel that helps us open up and reach out and get to learn others that otherwise you might not feel um, would be a natural thing to do. So it's, it's almost like, like this magnet, you know, it, it somehow draws things towards you that have a certain positive energy. So it's, it's, it's worth cherishing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kaz. And, um, and we've got, got the details for, for looking you up at the museum Thank you. over there. Okay. Love it. Yes. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Whether you're a CEO or department manager, you can build a more productive, profitable and engaged workforce through adopting the theory laid out in my latest book available on Amazon, aptly also named A Culture of Kindness. It will guide you on how to be the type of leader that every employee remembers for all the right reasons. You can also subscribe to the monthly newsletter at www.nahalasummers.com to hear more about the latest talks, courses and upcoming podcast episodes. Thank you.